Saturday morning sports filler. Iron Woman, Candace Warner, Racing Royalty, Richard Friedman, and armchair expert, Brendan Anakin. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Welcome back. I've been left, I've been abandoned. Uh, Candace Warner over in England, obviously for the Ashes, supporting Dave. Lord knows where Richard Friedman is in the world, but no doubt it's nice and sunny. Uh, luckily, some friends have come to the rescue, one of them being Sharks captain Wade Graham. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, good morning. Weekend off, so I'm happy to come in yeah, here good. and spend some time with you and chip in off the bench, mate, here. Thank you, brother. And uh, my other good friend, Emma Lawrence, Channel 9, Triple M NRL, welcome. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. First time on this show, so very excited. Well, it's a bit of fun. You just chip in, you say what you like, within reason. Obviously, don't get us cancelled. Uh, we're going to have some fun this morning. Lots of footy. Uh, Origin Game 2, that was a mess. We need to unpack that very soon. We're going to do the Origin Open line. It's a free-for-all, essentially, on one triple three five three. You can start now if you like. What We won't ask you what you liked, what you didn't like. one triple three five three. Are we encouraging negativity here? Well, you, you need it. You need to put it out there so that we can sort of unpack it okay. and get to a positive uh, uh, resolution. Okay, I like that. But, yes, we are. one triple three five three to answer your question, and we'll do the Origin Open line soon. Uh, right now, let's unpack a bit of footy. Only one game last night. It was the Dragons taking on the Warriors. Uh, Wado, this was... Well, it was a contest for maybe 20 minutes. The Dragons up 6-4 and then the Warriors, they thumped them 48-18 at Wynn Stadium. How impressive have the Warriors been? I think, you know, certainly to start the season, they showed great improvement, particularly in their defence and their commitment to each other and the way they just, their style of footy. And you could tell that Andrew Webster um, had had an immediate impact mm. on this club and that team, you know, and the individuals as players. But I really think probably deep down everyone sort of was just holding their breath, just waiting for, you know, the, the lull in the form or for, um, you know, the Warriors to dip a little bit. But it just hasn't come about. They, they, they were grinding early in the season and now in this middle half of the year they're really hitting their straps. And, you know, last night was one of their most polished performances. Like some of those tries, you know, Emma, you can talk about them, but some of the shape, how sharp they were attacking their edges, they were just, yeah, I thought they were brilliant. And what I loved is on Andrew Webster is the fact that, and maybe this is a little bit of West Tigers bias in me, but mm. he was a former assistant at the West Tigers. And um, for a while there, he was an interim coach and no one ever at any point ever really spoke about him being a head coach. He moves to Penrith to work under Ivan Cleary again with Cameron Serraldo as an assistant. And all the talk is the next big thing is Cameron Serraldo. Nobody spoke about Andrew mm. Webster. And it kind of came out of the blue when he went over to the Warriors, and I know Ivan is a big fan of him and had pushed him, but no one had spoken about him. And I don't think anyone genuinely expected them to do this well. So well, I think I knew, it's... I knew he was a good attacking coach, yeah. and I'm a big Penrith fan, so I was very disappointed to see Webby go over there. But I don't think anyone expected them to, you know, thrive so quickly. Well, if I was a Warriors fan and, you know, obviously critiquing or, or, or judging Andrew Webster, I'd be over the moon with just... He hasn't had to buy any players. He hasn't recruited any players. He's inherited this team pretty much, and he has an opportunity to, you know, advance the roster the, the way he wants moving forward. But it's just the, um, you know, the development and how well he has the guys playing in that squad at the moment. Like, Sean Johnson's probably playing the best footy he has in three to four years. Dallin scored four tries last night, and it's some of the best footy um, in his career. And, it, and even guys like M Marcelo Montoya, who have really been good quality first graders, solid first graders for a long time, 
he, he's playing an elite level now. Mm. So for a coach to be able to go over there and get the best out of the players he already has in the squad, it just, you know, it's a great tick of um, approval. And if I was a Warriors fan, I'd be, I'd be over the moon that we've got this guy as a coach of our club moving forward. And surely they have to keep Sean Johnson because... Now with um, contract negotiations coming up again, there's talk about other clubs like maybe the Bulldogs were interested in him, but it seems like he just feels so at home over in New Zealand and you'd know better than most having played with him at the Sharks. I know it was tough because in the beginning his partner and young baby weren't over immediately, but it just seems like he feels at home there. But I think it feels right for the whole NRL yeah. when Sean Johnson's playing in a New Zealand team, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, the best Sean Johnson or when he first came through was mm. off the back of Benji Marshall and what he'd created in the NRL, the NRL and he had that back, uh, the touch footy background and all the sidesteps and the flashiness. But then as, as his age, his game's evolved and, you know, he came over here, he had a couple of seasons with us and he did have some challenges with his partner and then COVID, but he still won the player of the year one year mm. for us in, in his short stay. So he's playing good footy, but certainly since Andrew Webster's taken over that team, this is... His second year, Shawnee, back in New Zealand. Like his footy over the last month is as good as I've seen it. If it happens on the field, in the change rooms, or the car park, hear about it here. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. We just had a chat about the uh, the Dragons uh, losing to the Warriors last night. Gave the Warriors a bit of love, which was nice. Absolutely deserved. 48-18 winners, but that wasn't the real story, of course. It is Ben Hunt. Um, asked for an immediate release. Uh, the St George Illawarra Dragons said no. as a little bit of a standoff. Uh, no one was sure if he was going to play last night. He did. No one was sure if they were going to boo Ben Hunt last night. They didn't, which was nice to see. But it's not a great look in the game at the moment. It's, yeah, it's not, but, I mean, it's rugby league. These things happen all the time. And you know what? Ben Hunt eventually, I don't think it'll happen straight away, and, Wade, you probably have a better idea of how long these things take, but eventually they always end up going because you don't want a bloke at your club mm. who doesn't want to be there. And every single time this happens, the day of or a few days later, the club releases a statement, no, 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 this player's staying put. But they never end up staying. Eventually Ben Hunt will go at some stage, but, you know, you have to then yeah, wait. I, there are a few I, things I, to play out yeah, before I that eventually that, happens. Unfortunately for... For Dragons, I, I still feel like there's going to be a lot of water to go under this bridge just for the sake – because, like you said, Emma, normally in these circumstances the players do eventually leave. But in a, in a case like this with Ben Hunt, your captain, you know, one of your best players, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate that it's going to take a little bit of time. But for me, the Dragons as a club, they cannot come out of this with a loss on their, on their sheet. So they, even if they lose Ben Hunt, they need to win in another sense. So whether it's compensation or whether it's – other players, um, whatever the compromise is for the release of, of Ben Hunt to go back to Queensland, if, they, if that's what he wants to do, the Dragons can't take a loss on it. They need to have a win in, in some sense. And, you know, I don't know what that win looks like for them. Certainly, you know, from a football sense, it would be a, a player for player or multiple players for a player. But I, I don't think, you know, they're in a position to really negotiate because I don't know where Ben Hunt is going to end up for starters. Um, Shane Flanagan's, who's the coach for next year, who who probably needs to be the one to identify what players he would exchange or want to recruit over to to bolster the team or you know to to um, add value to the team for Ben Hunt. He he's over at Manly at the moment, so it's it's it's, it's a hard one and it's a tricky one to work. So so I feel like it might be in a bit of a holding pattern 
and the Dragons will just have to go through this rough time with this situation on their on their books and on the cards. So in the long run, they can actually say, no, this a line in the sand. We, we, we're coming out of this with a win no matter what. So we're not, not to say that Ben Hunt is going to lose. If Ben Hunt wants to go and go home and go back to Queensland, fine. That's a, that's a win for Ben. But eventually, the Dragons need to mark up a win in their ledger as a club as well. They just... They can't let their best player and captain go without having a win as a club. So until they know what that win looks like, uh, uh, it's going to be, you know, a lot of water, as I said, well, going under this They're sitting week. down on Monday, right? So Monday he has a, a chat with Shane Flanagan. You would think that a decision at least um, is made. Well, that might be the decision. That might be the decision. The decision, right, we're going to play the rest of this season out or, or – one week, two weeks, yeah. three weeks, until we know what it looks like that we feel comfortable is a win in our books for Shane Flanagan moving forward and for the St George Illawarra club. It just feels forward. untenable to play him, though. I mean, I thought it was untenable to play him last night, especially as captain. But players, no, but players sign a year out for another club, and they do play whole seasons, knowing that in a year's time they're not going to be there. Sure. So I think I don't think it's unreasonable that he plays the rest of the season at the Dragons. Sure. But just knowing that, as a journalist, I know every time. I go there and, and interview Ben Hunt. I know it'll probably annoy him, but I'm I'm going to ask every single time. Okay, where's it at? Do you know? It's it's the story is going to linger, which is one of those annoying things when um, this situation becomes in the public eye. Uh, it's topical. Every honestly, players. This happened with Adam Reynolds a few years ago when he um, the but there was the drama with the he wanted a few more years out yeah, of the bunnies, yeah, and I remember yeah. I had. I think for five weeks in a row, I had the Bunnies games and was in the sheds afterwards. And the only person I was waiting for to get yeah. was Adam Reynolds. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I've got to ask again. Any update next week? You try to put a different spin on it. Yeah. You know, there was chat about him going to the Sharks. Oh, you know, Fitzy well. So what about, but it's just all, that's the story. Yeah. It'll just yeah. somehow. I think, I think with the story, and, and you, you said this off air, so I'm happy to bring it up. But no matter whatever's happened at that club, Ben Hunt's always been available and to front up, whether yep. it's the coaching situation, his situation. And I think at the moment, he's pretty much laid the, the, all his cards out. Yeah. He's told the truth. He's, yeah. he's had enough there. He wants to go back to Queensland with his family. It's time for him to go home, right? So that's the truth. So yeah. for him, it's probably easier now that he said that out in the open because yeah. every answer now will just be on the back of what you... Eventually, hopefully, it's going to happen. Yeah. Hopefully, I am going to go back home. But in the meantime, until this situation works out, I'm going to give my best for the team and, mm. and you know we play the Dragons next week so I'll be playing Benny and I know once he gets out on that field the player and competitor he is he's still going to be given 100% and we still as the opposition need to give him the respect of the player um, he is and, and what he can offer his team so it's just I think at least all the cards are on the table yeah. for both parties but I, I, I don't see it happening or, or being finalised anytime soon it, particularly speaking from the Dragons point of view they need to come out as I said before with a win on their books, and that, that I think, will take time. That's true. As you said, I'll give it to Ben Hunt more than any other player, I think. I don't know if I can think of another player who Come each on, and every I'm, week after the truth, sheds. Mate. I've always no. told you the truth. Whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. You are good. You'd be, you're in Woods here in my top three. But oh, wow. Ben Hunt oh, wow. went through a lot of drama when the Dragons were struggling or when Hook was under pressure. Every game we asked to speak to Ben Hunt, and a lot of the time the media managers... They might just say no straight away. Some might ask the player if they... Ben Hunt, I don't think has ever said no. Game, set and match. And 
another cliches time permitting. Triple M's dead set legends, Candace Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin. Wade Graham in today for Candace Warner, Emma uh, Fried, uh, Emma Lawrence in for Richard Friedman. Sorry, I was reading something at the same time. Brendan Anakin as well. Uh, let's jump into some state of origin football, shall we? And I want to be positive. I really want to be positive, I do, and I love my blues and I'm proud of where I came from, but it's always this time of the year I wish I was born in Queensland because they're enjoying themselves a lot more. Uh, the series is already lost. It is 2-0. It's a dead rubber in Sydney. Where did it go wrong? And, I mean, we could be here for hours, but tactics, selections... Wait, wait, let's just get the out of the... Um, yes. off my chest. Did you just say you wish you were born in Queensland? Mate, right? and you know what? No, and, no, and it pains no, me. No, 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 wait, listen, nah. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't, mate. No matter how bad the pain is, don't ever wish for that, mate. mate You're born here, we'll get through it. And right? I love we'll them. And you know what? It. And I lived up there for five years. I lived in Queensland for five years. The way they get around it is unlike anything. Oh, it's don't not, jump ship, mate. I'm never it jumping ship. When I was up there, I was wearing my blues. I was at Suncorp Stadium when we got drubbed 54 to 6. I was sitting there proudly in my blues jersey. I've always been a blue... But, but my daughter was born in Queensland. I bought her a Queensland jersey because I was like, go, well, have, have, have success. So you kind of what you can do, you can just keep jumping depending on who's successful each year. I've never jumped. That's the but thing. But you can don't, because don't your daughter's now. a Queenslander. You can't, you can't, oh, well, doing it from a young girl, you know. Yeah, just you know so, how it is. I'm just a good dad. So you probably Six got strong, an out. Mate. Six strong. But this is the thing. I don't want to jump. I just want success. So how do we get there? Yeah, it's a good question at the moment. <laughs> it's, it's a, a really tough good question. question. Um, I think, well, there's, there's no doubt, I think, um, you know, how disappointing the series has been from mm. a New South Wales perspective. Um, both losses really, yeah, you know, could, I could actually take game two. I, I, I more understand game two because, it's, you know, it's, you're, in, you're at Suncorp. Mm. It's, it's all, you're up against it. It would have took an absolutely amazing, incredible game of our lives um, for each single player in that team, um, you know, to have success up there and, and to win a, a decider at Suncorp because it hasn't been done at, like hardly at all uh, in, in the history. It's, that's why I, I get more frustration from game one, the outperformance yes. in game yeah. one, because we, we knew heading into game one how important it is for the series. How, you know, Suncorp booked in for game two and how important that game was and just how far... Sure, we fell in that game. That that that's what irks me mm. because we knew what was on the line, and sort of because we couldn't get that done, we sort of got, you know, we we get what we're given in game two, and unfortunately, like you can never, you know, doubt the effort from players when they go on the field. That they, they, they tried hard, and um, you know, there was there wasn't there was some lack of cohesion within the team. Obviously, some, some injuries and. Damien Cook having to fill into the centre. This is the thing. So the tactics, the tactics, so right, so Turbo goes down, and we'll get to that in the sports update. He's out for the season. That's awful. You don't want that in any in, in any game, right? And that, that will affect you going forward. In my mind, right, I'm thinking Isaiah Yo, he used to play in the centres for Penrith, or Cam Murray, he used to play in the centres. They can slot in there. They put Damien Cook in, a hooker. Now, it was your tactic to have two hookers for that game. And so all, um, immediately that's negated, Emma. Yeah, look, I will say I don't have an issue with the two hookers situation because um, there was criticism after game one when they had Nico, didn't use him a lot, then went um, he went on right at the end. Yes. was a bit difficult, isn't really a centre. Um, or maybe they should have had the two hookers after or maybe it should have been Appy and Cookie for game one and it works so well for Queensland. It does the Harry and Hunt situation. So they've gone with two hookers, which I don't have... 
have a problem with that. I don't think many people would, but this that's the situation you'll end up in, mm. is that if an outside bat goes down. But I personally think it would have been better having a Cam Murray there. Correct. So I think that is the choice of who they put there, I think it's questionable, but I don't think the having the two hookers no, was no, the issue because you can't you can't foresee that no, I, you don't know who's going to go no, down. I think you're right. I think the criticism isn't having two yeah. hookers. That's that's for sure yeah. a tactic that a lot of NRL teams use, yeah. having two hookers. But that, the thing I think the question yeah. mark that um you were bringing up was the, the change, right? And it, it's a you don't know how Cam Murray was in Cam. We know he was coming back from a groin injury, so we well, don't that's know. That's why why is he selected then? That's the thing. Well, is you know that, what I mean? If there's an well, injury cloud. Maybe he couldn't get through 80. I, I, don't, 80 I don't know Cam the reasons better, why. Better in the team yeah. than 100% someone else. I no. don't know. Well, I wouldn't have thought so. I would have thought Origin. And well, he's played. Coach, and, they, yeah. and his coach backed him in. So we can only sure. go, go with that. But so. you've played. But you want the fullest, fiercest, you know, fittest team on that field, right? And if he's not part of that, then that's unfortunate oh, if, for you, that if you have someone, a player, a, a star that's not quite 100% but can get through it, well, I'd still pick... Uh, and a 90% Cam yeah. Murray. That, that, that was a talk with Turbo. You'd pick him even if he was... I think that the, the, the change cooking into the centres, it, it was it was strange because even I personally would have maybe went Hudson Young into the centres, that left edge back row, and, and Isaiah Yo to the edge or Cam Murray onto the edge yeah. just so we could keep the plan of having two hookers. Well, any be, second row because there's yeah. a plethora yeah. of them. Because you're then weakened in two areas. Yeah. You don't have that. Correct. Listen, yeah. there's a lot of frustration and we'd like you to vent yours, one triple three five three. It's an origin open line. Because let's find some positivity. How do we change things so that this not, does not become a whitewash, right? Because that's what we're staring down the barrel of. One triple three five three is the number. Uh, it's an origin open line. What did you see? What do we change uh, for the New South Wales Blues in the upcoming, well, last game of the series? Triple M's Dead Set Legends. All the big names. Big names. I'd like to hear some more opinions. Strong opinions. Just be careful of splinters if you choose to sit on the fence. Imagine the splinters. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Wade Graham, Emma Lawrence, Brendan Anakin. We're unpacking, uh, well, a very disappointing state of origin this year. Uh, the Blues have already lost. They're down 2-0. We're trying not to make it a whitewash. Try not to make it 3-0 and uh, we need your help on one triple three five three. It's an origin open line. How are you seeing things? What would you change when it comes to the Blues? Mark is joining us from Hinchinbrook. G'day, mate. Hello. Hello, boys. How are you going? Wonderful, mate. Mate, the thing people are forgetting, the coach, who happened to be one of the best players in the last 20 years anyway, has come out of Melbourne. He knows how to adjust the defensive system. Yeah, they, yeah, they scored whatever number of points they scored the other night. But New South Wales only scored six. And in the first game, they struggled to score as well. He can coach a simple defensive a defensive system how to change and adapt as changes arise. And I don't think it's going to... I don't think it would have mattered what they did the other night because Queensland defence was good. And I'm a New South Wales supporter, by the way. Mm. But but I just think Queensland's, Queensland's defence in the first two games been the difference. Yeah, it's some good points you make there, Mark. Particularly in game one, you remember Amari Tulagi, he had two try-savers potential yeah. in that first half, which we could have changed the game. And the um, the effort the other night from Daly Cherry Evans to make that cover tackle on Stephen Crichton, you know, it was a great one-on-one effort for him to get there. But if you look around that picture, there was about six or seven other Queenslanders, you know, in the picture. And as players, we call that having numbers in the picture or numbers in the frame. Mm. And that, for me, showed a, a team that was really connected and really focused and dialed in on on their job. So there's no doubt um, how good 
Uh, obviously, you're talking about Billy and and what he can bring to a team. Uh, his his influence and coaching ability on the Queensland defence was was a big part of why they had success. New South Wales found it hard to find points, you know, in the first two games. That's it. Uh, Jason from Engadine is on the Origin Open line. One triple three five three. Call any time. Uh, what would you like to say, Jason? Morning, guys. I really think looking at some players who are actually in form, like I'm a Rooster supporter as well, and I'd never have picked Teddy. He's not playing anywhere near where he had, but you throw someone at, say, like a Guffo in, um, someone who's actually playing well, they help give us that extra bit. Even in attack, like we looked flat through both games. We threw really nothing at them. I think that you make a, a great point. I think for... There are certain players where uh, for what you've done in history and over the past five years has to be taken into consideration. And James Tedesco, personally, well, he's been close to the best player in the world for the last five years. He's the captain of the club. So I think if you drop slightly, if you're a player who's on the fringe or you've only been there for a few years and your form drops... It, it can affect your selection. Mm. But for someone like James Tedesco, I think you'd have to be so horrendously out of form to not get selected. And given the fact that the Roosters haven't been doing that well, so it's it, it's difficult for him to stand out in a side that's not doing well. I mean, you make a great point, but that's what I think where oh, Freddie would be coming mate, from. For a Roosters fan to say you wouldn't pick, your, you know, Roosters captain and, yeah. the, and the Blues captain after all he's done, but that's blasphemy. It's brutal. Like, it's brutal. But maybe is that, is that the sort of brutality we need No, going not, forward? Not, no, no, I, no, I don't That's think just... so. I think, um, yeah, players can come under question, but I don't think James Tedesco, my view, I don't think James Tedesco should have ever, his spot should have been no. um, under and question. I don't think his form's I, been that, you know, I think, you know, if we get to the, like, obviously we're going to wrap this series up with a serious loss in New South Wales. If you want to then have the discussion about James Tedesco after after the season and post this series, for sure, have have a discussion and work out that moving forward. But even despite him being out of form um, or his team being out of form, mm. supposedly, at the start of this year, for what he's done, he, he's won the Brad Fittler medal three times in yeah, a row. So correct. I think he's earned his, his shot you know, to be in that team around selection. We're time. quick to forget, aren't we? You know, the yeah. reputation. And also, he, he hasn't been a two out of ten. He's just not a ten. Yeah, he's, he's, just not, dro- yes. he's dropped a bit, but... Yeah, but it's it's hard for him to have an impact on the game when the whole like you can't carry the whole team. Everyone's got to do their roles. Mm. Well, especially when when you can see the effort too. You can see the effort. It's just not working this series. Uh, Let's uh, have the last say. Craig in Windsor, Origin Open Line. What do you want to say, mate? Good morning, men and women. How is everyone? Wonderful, brother. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I just want to say, I reckon we should go a little bit easy on Freddie. That that first half, if we have Cleary there, if we have Mitchell, if Tommy doesn't go down. If that forward pass, if, you know, that, that try, like, come on. Yeah, I know, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a completely different ball game, And I think people forget that um, Cook out in the centres, he showed some real speed. He was making breaks. Like, um, I know it's a questionable decision to put, throw him in there, but maybe, um, sort of as you said, um, maybe there are a couple of players that are worried about couldn't go the 80 minutes. Um, but that, that first half, if it goes in nil all, then it's a, a completely different ball game. Yeah, well, I, I think I heard from maybe Brandy in one of his shows that the the, the reasoning for throwing Cook into centres was because of his speed and they were worried about Walsh at the back with his speed getting on the outside. Um, and, and again, we, we mentioned earlier, we just don't know about how the other players were in camp with injuries and the training, how they were meant to go about things. But 
Only the coach is there to make the decisions and he's got to live by the decisions mm. that he makes and defend those decisions if they don't work out. And it's just for him to make the decision to put Cookie in the centres for cover, to say cover the speed of Walsh, it just weakened us in another spot. We, we didn't get to get Cookie on in the middle and offer a threat in attack at, at like we would have planned for yeah. it during the week. So, you know, you might have won in some areas by having him out there with his speed, but we certainly are attack loss in another area. Thank you for your calls on one triple three five three. Apart from Craig, there seems to be a sort of disconnect between the fans and the and the coaching staff. Do yeah, you think? I, I would just say, and I heard um, I heard Gerd mention it, which really started to make me think of it. And the, I think no matter what happens in the in the game three, obviously we we got we don't want to whitewash and we're looking for a result, a win, yeah. but. I think there's a definite lack of connection between the New South Wales supporters and, and the team they're trying to support at the moment. And for me, that would be at the top of my list heading into Game 3 of the camp. Like we need to somehow start to reopen that connection or repair that connection between, um, you know, the New South Wales team and our supporters because, you know, we, we're 2-0 down in the series and we're going to Homebush that holds 80,000 people. So yeah. we need to try and somehow manage to get as many Blues supporters um, at that game pulling for our team as, you know, as hard as possible. Mm. And for that to happen, they need to have a team that they're proud to go behind and, and cheer for. So that would, that's at the top of my list at the moment. We need to start repairing this connection between, you know, the New South Wales supporters and this New South Wales team because, we, you know, I, I bleed blue as well. I, my best, my earliest memories were sitting on the couch with my dad watching New South Wales yeah. in origin. And I think that's everyone's feeling the disappointment and frustration at the moment. And we just need to... Somehow we'll try and get a line and get behind this Blues team for Game 3. When talking sport 24-7 is barely enough. Do you ever shut up? This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Unbelievable. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Not today. It's Wade Graham and Emma Lawrence in for Candice and Richard. Brendan here as always. And if you want more bang for your buck this end of financial year, Aussie Broadband have got you covered. With plans starting at how much a month, Emma Lawrence? Fifteen dollars a month. Fifteen dollars a month. I had to read that page uh, three or four times. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's absolutely right. It's not a typo. Emma, it's... Emma would love that too because she doesn't like to open her wallet all that much. Oh, <laughs> no, I've heard Emma. that. I've heard whatever. that about Emma. No. I'm. Uh, no. Some some competitors. It's uh, the prices are extravagant. This oh. one. This one really interests me. Total control over your plan. Upgrade or downgrade your plans to fit whatever you need. Like I got a couple of young kids at home, so I'm thinking iPads, mm. iPhones coming up in the future. So to be able to upgrade and downgrade as you like, that's that really interesting. There's me. no lock in contracts. This is the thing. The complete freedom. Not that you'd want to leave, but if you wanted to, you could. This is the thing. The Sharks are making you play for them every week. They're making you play for them every week because it says it in your contract. You could go wherever you want if Aussie Broadband was running the show. And I'd love that as a Panthers fan. You come down here, play 20 minutes off the bench for us. That'd be great. But also it's good because if you want to, you know, if you're using a bit more, if people... Share houses, people are moving in and out or whatever it may be. That's the flexibility it. is what I like. Flexibility. Get awesome coverage. Switch your mobile in minutes, aussiebroadband.com.au. Powered by the Optus Network. New 4G mobile services only. Offer ends June 30. T's and C's apply. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Wade Graham, Emma Lawrence, Brendan Anakin. After 11, we'll unpack uh, the ashes, what's been, what's to come with Triple M Cricket's Gus Wall and Candace's quiz as well, which we're giving the keys to uh, to Emma Lawrence. A lot of pressure with yes. Candace's quiz. <laughs> I understand this. Yeah. You've got very stern eyes looking across real, the desk at me. Real but... pressure. We'll get to it after 11 right now, though. 
If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. What about this? And when this happened, I was like, is this shocking? Because this feels shocking to me. And apparently it is shocking to everyone. Justin Holbrook was sensationally relieved of his head coaching duties at the Gold Coast Titans Uh, during the week. He's going to be replaced with two-time premiership winning coach Des Hazlett next season. Couldn't believe it, Emma. I genuinely couldn't believe it. I was getting on the plane after um, Origin and the great Peter Basaltis, one of the commentators at Nine, said, oh, Em, did you see the Titans news? And he told me and I said, no, you're lying. I said, I call BS on that. He said, no, genuinely, get your phone up. I could not believe Mm. it because there was no chatter whatsoever. And I, as a journalist, am astounded that there were no leaks at all because there are no secrets in rugby league. People leak for all different reasons. There are agendas going on everywhere. But this must have been such a tight circle. Only, what, a couple, probably two or three people may have known about this Mm. and for it to be done so quickly and... Um, be kept under wraps, I am genuinely gobsmacked that mm. it didn't get out. Yeah, I agree. I can't sum it up any better than Emma. As I've played for 16 years in this game, and I learned in my probably my first couple of weeks uh, in the NRL that there was no secrets no. in the game. But apparently there is because this managed to um, sneak under the radar and for, you know, as Emma said, a journalist to have no insight whatsoever that it was coming and then all of a sudden, bang, it breaks mm. and they have their next coach lined up. Mm. You know, someone was working hard behind the scenes, that's for sure. I'll tell you who was most shocked, Justin Holbrook. Oh, <laughs> this is what he said, I, I can't believe it, I feel awful. I'm totally gutted, he told the uh, Courier Mail, uh, the newspaper up in Queensland. Didn't see it coming at all, that's what I'm pissed off about. No inkling. Would they have punted me if we were sitting second? Great question. And I also think it's not like the Titans were doing so... Her- like they, they were ninth. right at the top. but they were They weren't... Um, yeah, it, everyone's been talking about Anthony Griffin for a while. That's a different situation because they publicly went out and said... Mm. Well, um, what, what situation would you prefer? Would you prefer for it to drag on in the media well, week thing. and week and week? I don't want to steal your thunder here, Emma, because this was actually your point you brought up. So would you would you prefer to have it speculated on and dragged out for months in the media or would you just rather the Band-Aid be ripped yeah. off in, in one hit? It's prefer- almost like you just it's just a, a quick bullet as opposed yeah. to being tortured for a few months and everyone questioning each and every week what's happening. Mm. And so- I prefer to keep my job. <laughs> I just like yeah, to keep my look, job. That's not an option. <laughs> oh, you know? I will say, but just the bullet, yeah. I know, I know he hasn't had much, um, you know, success up there at the Gold Coast, but Justin Holbrook does have a really good reputation Yes, in the game. Which as, is why he as, was appointed. As being a good coach, and he has a lot of strong relationships. I know he has a strong relationship with Shane Flanagan, for, mm. for starters, mm. who's taking over the, the Dragons job. So I don't think he'll be lost to the game. He'll, he'll obviously have to handle this situation with his family and, and whatnot and what the future looks like, but I definitely can see him picking up a, a, another role in another club. And I, yes, I always feel sorry for coaches when they're, they're not doing that terribly, but it's always if clubs can see a better option. For example, I felt at the time, you know, when John Morris, they got rid of John Morris, um, because you guys had just snuck into the eight, right? But it's just unfortunate that I guess they saw Fitzy as a better long-term option, but you can always understand if you're at the bottom of the ladder, you're getting the wooden spoon, bad luck, it's a results-driven business. But when you're kind of sitting in the middle, you're... Oh, you'd, feel, you'd be I filthy. Feel, yeah. You'd be filthy. Oh, it's hard. But, yeah, but it's hard to argue with, I well, mean. again, the fact, but because Mao Meninga, he worked at the club. He, he came no out idea. and said he had no idea. He's going to lose his job. There's other people who had no idea. So whoever 
you know, I don't know too much who the decision makers are up in the Gold Coast, but they they kept their decisions and and their moves that they were making. You know, yeah, su- hey, super quiet. If you've got a secret that you need kept, take it to the Gold Coast Titans because <laughs> they are phenomenal. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Looks a little bit different today. Brendo here, as always, joined by uh, Wade Graham, Emma Lawrence, and I thank you for joining me. The others have left me for their overseas jaunts. It's very nice of you to make the time for me. Are they coming back? I don't know. I don't know. Because they said they were leaving, but they never mentioned if they were coming back. Right. So. Maybe there's um, some chemistry issues going on. Maybe they have a problem with you. You might need to sit down and address. Because the chemistry issues would be coming from one side. Because I didn't think there were any (laughs) uh, chemistry issues. But anyway, um, look, apparently Richard comes back in a couple of weeks. Candice comes back in a month or so. But we'll see, hey? We're always here if you need. And thanks for that. There's well, no chemistry issues here, the is there? Happy off the bench. Off the bench. It's a, it's a role I'm familiar with at the moment. So, <laughs> um, you do I it wind, well. As I wind into the twilight of my career. <laughs> you do it well. Um, we've still got plenty to come. Gus Wallen from Triple M Cricket going to join us to uh, have a look at this second Ashes test on the way. We'll get Rusty's Motorsport update. All thanks to Bendix Breaks before we do. Four and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. Dead Set Legends, Player of the Week. Giving you the reins for this one, Emma Lawrence. Uh, Who have you chosen? I have chosen Annabelle Sutherland. So women's Ashes test going on at the moment, the first test. So uh, day one, it was awesome. Woke up to the news that Elise Perry had got an uh, 99. But this morning when we woke up, even better news. How good is this? From Annabelle Sutherland, her maiden test century. But it was a record-breaking one as well. 16 boundaries and a six, which eventually she finished unbeaten on 137. So she's only 21 years old. Oh my God. Wow. It's the fastest ever test century what by an mo- Australian. What a moment. 21 years old, first ashes, maiden century. Imagine how good she's feeling right now. Batting at number eight as well. So oh. she's certainly... Held her gloves up more than more than held her gloves Order up. Put her up the order. And the highest ever score by a number eight batter as well. So she's gone tick record, tick record, tick maiden test century and put Australia in a, a really dominant position. Well, she can teach me. My highest score was 14. She might be having school, a chat so. leading up to the next test about moving up the order, maybe yeah. number five. What Absolutely. a legend. At tw- and at 21, 21. years old. To be like, 21 think... again, huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As we look into the distance and remember. I don't, I don't think uh, I want to be 21 again. I was <laughs> running a marker. It certainly wasn't uh, in England scoring maiden test well, times, well, that's not, for sure. Not much has changed then for you. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm a bit more boring in my old age these days. Annabelle Sutherland, our player of the week. It's the Dead Set Legends on Sydney's Triple M. If it happens on the field, in the change rooms, or the car park, hear about it here. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Wade Graham, Emma Lawrence, Brendan Anakin today and Australia 1-0 up in the ashes. You love to hear it. Uh, this man was watching it non-stop, I know that, from Triple M Cricket and, of course, every weekday on the Triple M Rush Hour. Gussie Wallen, good morning, mate. How are you? Uh, g'day, team. How are you, Brenda? Yeah, it's been a difficult uh, time, obviously, trying to get some sleep over the last week or so <laughs> with everything that's going on, but... Yeah, sensational to get the result and very nervy there in that last day. Well, what did you think of, of Basball? I mean, that was our – they've played tests uh, incorporating that style before, but it was our first real look at it. Mm. Um, I 
I didn't think I was, I got cricket, you know what I mean? Because I woke up on that first day and Ben Stokes had declared and I was like, do I, do I understand <laughs> cricket? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, but it made, made for an exciting test. Yeah, it sure does. You know, in the last 12 test matches since Stokes taken over from, from Joe Root, they've played this particular way and he want, it's all about entertainment. He said, if we go hard and it fails, we're going to go harder next time, which mm. obviously makes it really interesting. But I spoke to to Pat Cummins before they went to the Ashes. And he said, mate, as long as we don't get caught up in it, we, there's five days to play. We'll just play our traditional style, which is reasonably attacking anyway. Mm. And in the end, they got the job done. And, you know, it's just nice to see the full houses there in England. But one nil up when we, we only have to retain the Ashes to keep it is pretty cool. So I think we're in pretty good shape as long as we don't get caught up in this Ollie Robinson goose. Oh, what a, like what a, a numpty. Like, the bloke bowls 120 k's an hour. Like, buddy, most of us could go down to the local nets and do the same <laughs> yeah, thing. You, and he you could hit not those. Stop running his mouth. Bloody <laughs> hell. Gus, Gus Wado here, mate. Not that I dislike criticism, you know, of the English, but there was a bit of criticism about the pitch. Kevin Peterson, England's own, um, had yeah, a bit Kev- to say about that pitch as well. Yeah, Kevin, so, Ke- Kevin Peterson from South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, played for, he played for England, so we'll, we'll, we'll let him keep him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. And James Anderson. Um, who obviously is a wonderful cricketer, has come out and said, if we keep pitches like that, then I'm done, i.e. whether he'll retire or he just won't be able to play in the test matches because they are quite back-to-back. So his quote yesterday was huge because he's obviously their number one bowler of all time and one of the greatest swing bowlers of all time. And he's just basically saying, well, if we're going to bang out these pitches where you're going to go at five and six and over, then I'm no good. So that's a really big thing for them to say because – you know, normally the conditions really help the English. A little bit of greenness and um, obviously the weather can help with a little bit of overcast conditions and they can swing the ball. But now it just sounds like it's going to be another Aussie pitch, which, of course, will suit us. What, in the second test as well, they're going to go same pitch? Not, not going to be any greener? No, exactly. It's Lords and Lords have said they're going to put the same sort of pitches on. They oh. want entertaining cricket. They're going to go with this baseball style, which oh. is not nip and tuck and going at three or four and over. It's actually five or six and over and let's make it a big T20 game. Are you expecting Uzi? Can you back him to get another ton? And and do you think he's now really entrenched as one of the game's elite? Because there are a few years there where, you know, it was a bit tough for him, but he's back, baby. Oh, he's back, baby. You're absolutely right, Em. And, you know, like, he's been our finest cricketer in that two years leading up to the World Test Championship. He was our number one in terms of all the stats and so forth. So he's absolutely entrenched. Obviously, Davey Warner did quite well. Obviously, they're not going to make a change after the win. So he's a little bit of pressure on him. Mm. But I suppose the fact is that we won the test match, guys, with Smith and Marnus not scoring any runs. So that is scary for England. If we can win test matches and have the best two batters we've got not particularly playing well, um, we're in good shape. And I reckon Starkey will come back with the with uh, Lords, that pitch and that sort of ground will suit him. So probably Boland will move out. So we've just got to freshen up the bowlers, but we're in good shape. Gussie, how are you not over there? You love a junket. Oh, I would have thought for sure you'd be the first one blowing, on the plane. Blowing up deluxe that I didn't, well, wasn't able to sort of somehow, you know, manufacture that. I was trying to get every sponsor I know to get me <laughs> over there, Channel 9 as well. But Tubby obviously deserves his spot and he's doing fantastic yeah, work. Yeah, I would have thought so. I would have thought Tubbs would yeah. get the nod over you, Gus. I mean, he's, done <laughs> <laughs> he's done a few things in the past, but, you know, he justifies those hundred tests and captaining for 50 and stuff probably deserves a spot in hey, front of me. But, yeah, I did my best then but couldn't get there. We must thank you as well because this is this is um, Gus's first day of holidays. The rush oh. hour is on holidays for a couple of nice. weeks. What, what, are you, what are you getting up to, Gussie? 
Well, got up early this morning with the missus, went for a walk with the dogs, and now I'm just going to literally, the sun is shining in Sydney, and I'm just going to sit back and watch the three games of footy. I'm watching the Yankees at the moment on the telly, and I'm just going to chill out and relax for a little while, guys, and listen to you. How good. Good on you. Well, hopefully we don't disappoint you, Gus, or we haven't already. Um, Thank you uh, (laughs) for joining us, brother. I'll I'll catch you in a couple of weeks. Good on you. See you soon. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Candace Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Wade Graham, Emma Lawrence, Brendan Anakin after 11. We'll unpack uh, the ashes, what's been, what's to come with Triple M Cricket's Gus Wall and Candace's quiz as well, which we're giving the keys to uh, to Emma Lawrence. A lot of pressure with yes. Candace's quiz. <laughs> I understand this. Yeah. You've got very stern eyes looking across real, the desk at me. Real but... pressure. We'll get to it after 11 right now, though. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. What about this? And I, when this happened, I was like, is this shocking? Because this feels shocking to me. And apparently it is shocking to everyone. Justin Holbrook was sensationally relieved of his head coaching duties at the Gold Coast Titans uh, during the week. He's going to be replaced with two-time premiership winning coach Des Hazlett next season. Couldn't believe it, Emma. I genuinely couldn't believe I was getting on the plane after um, Origin and the great Peter Basaltis, one of the commentators at Nine, said, oh, Em, did you see the Titans news? And he told me, and I said, no, you're lying. I said, I call BS on that. He said, no, genuinely, get your phone up. I could not believe mm. it because there was no chatter whatsoever. Nothing. And I, as a journalist, am astounded that there were no leaks at all yeah. because there are no secrets in rugby league. People leak for all different reasons. There are agendas going on everywhere. But this must have been such a tight circle only what a couple, probably two or three people may have known about this mm. and for it to be done so quickly and um, be kept under wraps, I am genuinely gobsmacked that mm. it didn't get out. Yeah, I agree. I can't sum it up any better than Emma. As I've played for 16 years in this game, I learned in my probably my first couple of weeks uh, in the NRL that there was no secrets no. in the game. But apparently there is because this managed to... Um, Sneak under the radar and for, you know, as Emma said, a journalist to have no insight whatsoever that it was coming and then all of a sudden, bang, it breaks mm. and they have their next coach lined up. Mm. You know, someone was working hard behind the scenes, that's for sure. I'll tell you who was most shocked, Justin Holbrook. Holbrook. <laughs> this is what he said. I, I can't believe it. I feel awful. I'm totally gutted, he told the uh, Courier-Mail, uh, the newspaper up in Queensland. Didn't see it coming at all. That's what I'm pissed off about. No inkling. Would they have punted me if we were sitting second? Great question. And I also think it's not like the Titans were doing so... Her- like they, they were right at the top, but they They're weren't... Ninth. They weren't... Um, yeah, it, everyone's been talking about Anthony Griffin for a while. That's a different situation because they publicly went out and said... Mm. Well, um, what, what situation would you prefer? Would you prefer for it to drag on in the media well, week thing. and week and week? I don't want to steal your thunder here, Emma, because this was actually your point you brought up. So would you, would you prefer to have it speculated on and dragged out for months in the media or would you just rather the Band-Aid be ripped off in in one hit? It's almost like you just, it's just a a quick bullet as opposed to being tortured for a few months and everyone questioning each and every week what's happening Mm. and... So, I prefer to keep my job. <laughs> I just like yeah, to keep my look, job. Yeah, that's not an option, <laughs> you know. I will say, but... Just the bullet, yeah. I know, I know he hasn't had much, um, you know, success up there at the Gold Coast, but Justin Holbrook does have a really good reputation... Yes. ...in the game. Which as, is why he was as, appointed. ...as being a good coach, and he has a lot of strong relationships. I know he has a strong relationship with Shane Flanagan, for, mm. for starters, mm. who's taking over the, the Dragons job. So I don't think he'll be lost to the game. He'll, he'll obviously 
have to handle this situation with his family and and whatnot and what the future looks like. But I definitely can see him picking up a, a, another role, another club. And I, yes, I always I, feel sorry for coaches when they they're not doing that terribly. But it's always if clubs can see a better option. For example, I felt at the time, you know, when John Morris they got rid of John Morris because um, you guys had just snuck into the eight, right? But it's just unfortunate that I guess they saw Fitzy as a better long-term option. But you can always understand if you're at the bottom of the ladder, you're getting the wooden spoon, bad luck. It's a results-driven business. But when you're kind of sitting in the middle, you... Oh, you'd you'd be filthy. You'd be filthy. It's hard. But it's hard to argue with, I mean... Well, again, the fact, but... Because Mao Meninga, he's worked at the club. He, he came no out idea. and said he had no idea. He's going to lose his job. There's other people who had no idea. So whoever... Yeah, I don't know too much who the decision makers are up in the Gold Coast, but they they kept their decisions and and their moves that they were making. You know, yeah, su- hey, super quiet. If you've got a secret that you need kept, take it to the Gold Coast Titans because <laughs> they are phenomenal. The port of call for the big names from every code. Big names. Triple M's dead set legends: Candice Warner, Richard Friedman, and Brendan Anakin. Wade Graham, Emma Lawrence today for Candice and Richard, Brendan Anakin as always, and this man as well. Rusty's Motorsport Update. For Bendix, Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Here he is, a bit of normalcy. They've left me in the lurch, Rusty. They're bloody gone. Hello. Good morning. How are you? All right, and you? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, let's uh, get into some motorsport. Would Ford have scored a, a much-needed win at the Supergars round in Darwin before that fire in Cam Waters' car? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a win. It, it, um, we're wondering, I guess you could say, whether it would have been. That's what the sport is is contemplating. So, so really, uh, unfortunately, a part failed in the car. It's not Cam or the team's fault. The team actually did a remarkable job to get him back on on track for the rest of the weekend. Um, he had a pole position. It was early in that race at the top end there. So, all of us were wondering, would that have been? A conversion to finally see the the Mustang in the in the limelight. So we'll never know the answer to that. Mm. But the sport now, with all of the rounds that we've had so far in 2023, has triggered a review to look at the balance between the two and see if they need to, from a parity point of view, even things up between Camaro and Mustang because the Ford blokes are blowing. They're, they're unhappy. And what are you hearing about the Australian Grand Prix CEO's job? Because some big names have been linked to that. Yeah, so this isn't necessarily a, a new story. So the AFL's uh, Gil McLaughlin and Travis Ole, they've been linked to it in, in recent months. That's been in the, the Melbourne press. But it has resurfaced in the, the last few days on the motorsport side of, of kind of news coverage because they're looking at, a, at an interim CEO for the Australian Grand Prix Corporation to take over for a little while from, uh, from Andrew Westacott, who's done a, a great job and, and pulled the, you know, raised the white flag. Um, but one of the journos on the motorsport Sports side is wondering if that might line up, if the dots might join from Gil McLaughlin's movement. So would that sort of suit him? So we'll see. They've got some good people in there, the likes of uh, Paul Little, Mick Doohan, um, Mark Webber and so on, and the and the race is on to sort of find a uh, a new CEO for the Australian Grand Prix. Oh, the race is on. I see what, you, what you've done there, Rusty. Look at that. Some good gear. Rusty, Max Verstappen, is it time we start thinking of him as a Formula One great? Oh, I love the way you put a bit of pepper on that, hey? Yeah, he was practicing. Yeah, he likes that. <laughs> um, let's just look at the pure numbers this morning, right? Um, four, more than 40 wins in the sport now after chalking up victory um, just last weekend in Canada. That's his fourth win in a row in 2023. He's got a massive lead in the championship already. He has 85 podiums during his F1 career. 
25 pole positions. And here's the main thing we need to keep in focus here, guys. He's only 25 years of age. Oof. So people, people like Lewis Hamilton are saying there's no reason, if he's still as enthused and loves his Formula One as much, there's no reason he couldn't go on to challenge the kind of records that Lewis has, has racked up and even Michael Schumacher. So I reckon with those numbers at age 25, yeah, we, we probably should be thinking that way. All right, good on you, Rusty. We'll catch up next week. You're in New Zealand, are you? I'm in New Zealand today, but uh, been over your way doing some motorsport in recent times. So I do, do, I do a bit of stuff on both sides of the, of the ditch coverage-wise. Wonderful so, yeah. stuff. Goes both ways. Good on you, Rusty. See you, gang. <laughs> uh, you can catch uh, Greg Rust's podcast on the listener app as well, Rusty's Garage. And, of course, we did that segment all thanks to Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence now. Uh, Richard Friedman isn't here, but he usually does something called uh, Richard's List of Grievances. He's always bothered with the world. Um, I'm going to take a stab at it. I'm going to take a run at it. I think you guys would be pissed off with this as well, but we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, if it's happening in sport, it'll get a run here. The greatest happening in sport. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Candice Warner, Richard Friedman and Brendan Anakin. Different one today, Wade Graham, Emma Lawrence in for Candice and Richard, Brendan Anakin, and thank you for coming in. I felt so abandoned. I felt so left in the lurch, and it was very nice of you, my friends, to come in and join me. Everyone needs to feel loved. I, and yeah, we, and I did both love you. Because I thought, is it me? And it must be because... Look, perhaps it is you. I'm not going to rule that out. <laughs> it's it definitely not fair chat. But um, also willing to provide some love today. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Wade. <laughs> have you got a big day? You're on air all day. I do you? have a big day. I've yeah. got the weekend off, but a buy this weekend for uh, for us Sharkies. So yeah. happy to come off the bench and assist in the studio today. You're a good man. Thank you. Uh, you're about to see an ugly side of me however, because uh, Richard Friedman usually does his list of grievances. Mm. Uh, there's something that irks him throughout the week and he airs them in this segment. I'm going to do my best Richard uh, Friedman impression now. i got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Richard's list of grievances. The lotto has pissed me right off. A hundred million is far too much money for one human to have. Were you invested in the $100 million Powerball? I actually didn't know it was on until my boss said, oh, guess what, I won in the lotto. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, I only won $11, but as the first time I won. And I said, what was the top? $100 million. 100 I nearly mil. fell off my chair. It's massive. Oh, look, I don't think one individual needs that much. Thank I you. think I would be happy with that pool. I think perhaps there should be five winners and you get a smaller slice of the pie. Now, I wouldn't mind, Wade, if that one individual was uh, me, and it wasn't <laughs> yeah, in this case. I, I don't have a problem. It's, it's a prize. If you have winners and you have people who don't win. Well, see, I'm I'm mostly pissed off because I reckon I got close. I reckon I got close you, How do you know? Yeah, so you you can't tell if you're They close. give you the numbers. I just did, like, a little quick pick. They give you the numbers, and then they show you what numbers oh, came out. Oh, right. I had... Tell me if, tell me if I'm, I've got a right to be pissed off. I had four... Numbers and the Powerball. What out of, you, out how, of many, how many? So I'm three off. I'm three off. No, 100 you are not million. even close. Okay, because I'm feeling, close. I'm feeling aggrieved. No, I, but the discrepancy in money, right? So obviously, like you're a winner, it comes off. Oh, you've won. I won a hundred dollars. So uh, how do they determine how if you division six? It's in division. So I'm like a division six winner. I'm, I don't think I've ever. Enter yeah, the lotto. I'm, I'm not, not yeah. really across it. I'm not a lotto or Powerball player <laughs> it's myself. It's so much empty hope. So. But it's too much because they that they lure you in with that number. Because if it was a 10 mil, it's like, well, I don't want 10 mil. Well, what maybe, does that pay for? Maybe you should just stop playing. If, if you well, just, stop you know, jacking have, it so high some, that I want to play. Just have some discipline in your life and just walk past the newsagent instead of walking in 
the boy the lot. You don't do we know need me well to enough to down. know I don't have any discipline. <laughs> we need to sit you down and have a good talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And just don't go into the news agent. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. It's not that difficult. Oh, but I really want to buy a paper. But if you won a hundred million, <laughs> if you won a hundred million, yeah. would you? We were having this discussion in the office. Would you still work? Absolutely not. You would never see me again. I would never talk to you Would you, you not again. just a couple of days just to keep your mind stimulated? Absolutely not. Maybe I am two out of days here. a week? Like a shot. You've never seen me. You'll never see me again. But mm. I didn't win, so uh, I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> on the Desert Legends. <laughs>